Did any of you happen to notice that didn't say how great you once were or how great you're going to be, how great you are? How great thou art, I know the words, but I mean you are great. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And I want you to understand that's not just a figuratively speaking. There's none like him. None like him. I've heard it said before. I know you've heard it said if you've come here very many times because I'm astounded that there are over 2,000 religions in the world conservatively. Actually, it's closer to four. But I'm just being conservative. There are over 2,000 religions in the world. And all of them are based upon philosophical prepositions except four. Only four of them are based on a person. Of those four, only one has an empty tomb. <laughs> Woo, honey to hush. That's the one I'm going to serve. The one that defeated death, hell, and the grave. And the one that is alive today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not grown old, weak, feeble, and senile. Anything he's ever been able to do, he's able to do today. And I don't care who it is you've been listening to. If they've been telling you anything other than how great he is. You need to find somebody else to listen to. Because I want you to understand something. The only thing that limits God in your circumstances and in your life is you. If you're not careful because of your traditions, it says in Mark 13, that you can make the word of God of no effect in your life. Let go of your tradition. Let go of your dogma. Let go of your doubt and unbelief and look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's look to the one that speaks creation into existence. He creates something out of nothing. Kind of like he did at open range. By the way, thank you for braving the traffic. And I know none of you had road rage before you got here tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I have good news. Well, the bridges are fixed. Oh, I didn't know that, but they have given us their word. That they're going to be done by the end of the month. Praise the Lord. Actually, this morning I drove down through the construction area out here by the scales about 6.20. I just wanted to go see how close they may be getting. And you know what? All the lanes are complete. They had the sweepers sweeping the dirt off. The, the uh, medians, the grade work had been done. And I got here and I told Duke and Skeeter and all of them, I said, hey, Looks like all they need to do is paint the stripes and remove the cones and open that portion up. And when they do that, that's going to help this right out here a whole lot. So you be patient, you be in prayer, and just leave home a little bit earlier. <laughs> Tonight, 
Ten years ago, we opened the doors of Open Range and had our first service. <clears throat> and you talk about a busy week. We had our final inspections on Wednesday with the state fire marshals and a whole lot of things depended on us passing that. And praise God we did and got our certificate of occupancy because Thursday night we had church and Friday we had a wedding rehearsal. Saturday we had a wedding and Sunday we had a memorial funeral service. We swung the doors open with a bang. And I'm happy to say that God hadn't let us slow down very much in the last 10 years. <laughs> and tonight I want to reflect and look back and share with you, because many of you weren't around in the early days to see all the miracles unfolding and how God was just, He was making things happen so fast it was about to kill poor Duke. I'm telling you, it just, it, faster than we could complete one project, we'd be having to start another one. And I want to share some of that with you tonight, not to memorialize or to make a monument of this place, but to share with you the goodness and the faithfulness of God and to glorify Him and to hopefully speak hope into your lives as to whatever you may He may have spoken to you or whatever you, endeavors you have launched out into for the kingdom of God. To build your faith, to recognize and remember that he being no respecter of persons, you can depend on him too. I'm going to read nine verses in Deuteronomy 28. Then I'm going to share you the story. Deuteronomy 28, beginning in one. And I'm reading tonight from the New King James Version. Deuteronomy 28 and 1. In my Bible, the title of this portion even says, Blessings on Obedience. Blessings on Obedience. Verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. Now this word is being given to Israel and as the children of God we've been adopted into the kingdom. And the promises that apply to them apply to you and I as Christians. Blessed th uh, Verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall... Be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offsprings of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. 
And he will bless you in the land in which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God. And walk in his ways. I retired from the fire department. In November of 2001. And my plans had been for 25 years that when I retired I would coach 10 years full time, get vested, have a second retirement. And at the age that I am now, I'd be roping and fishing and hunting and saying, Glenda? Oh, no. <laughs> but God had other plans. We actually were offered several positions as, uh, to coach. I had narrowed it down to three. A head coaching job in Baton Rouge at a high school. A head high school coaching job in San Antonio. And an offensive line coach's job at a junior college in Colorado. That's the one I really wanted to take. But I was praying about those. And every day I would sit on a five-gallon bucket under the carport of, at my house and pray and seeking God. We had gone, we had looked at houses, we would discussed salaries. We just need to make a decision. And I'm sitting there one day and the Lord says, uh, Have I told you to coach? About knock me off a bucket. And I said, Well, that's kind of been the plan for 25 years. And he said, I'm leading in you into a work where very little has been done, but you're going to see a real harvest. So I began to launch out into a, and we'll give you a condensed version into a rodeo cowboy ministry traveling across the country doing church services at rodeos and bull ridings and team ropings and rodeo schools and so forth and speaking occasionally at high schools the fellowship of Christian athletes and things of that nature and the football teams and was seeing God do a, an incredible work a lot of lives were being changed did that for nine years after I retired come in off the road worn out as everybody does and I crashed and burned I woke up out of a sound sleep and when I awakened I was wide awake and I had the first vision that I've ever had now I like to say stress that it was a vision because old men dream dreams young men see visions <laughs> but I was laying on my right side and there was a hand came down out of the dark right up to the edge of my bed and blood began to drip off of it. Help me, Jesus. Then another hand did this. There was a little flicker of fire. And as best I can describe, it was kind of like a cloud face went. And that little flicker of fire became a huge fireball that lit up my whole room and I could feel the heat off of it and it was gone. And I sat up on the side of the bed and knew I'd had a spiritual encounter but didn't really know what was going on. But there was such a peace that accompanied it. I looked at the clock. It was 2.02 in the morning and got up and walked out on the front porch and my old blue healer dog sat down there by me and I just, I said, Lord... What are you trying to say? 
And here it came again. <clears throat> this time, with it, I heard an audible voice over my right shoulder. And it said, soon, many will come that need the cleansing of my blood. And there's more than enough for all that come. It said, even now, the fire of my spirit burns in your midst. But I'm about to breathe on you. And you're going to see things that you've only dreamed of and prayed for. And it was gone. Within 10 days, the Lord began to deal with me about building a building. I pulled a Jonah. I went to Tarshish. Last thing in the world I ever wanted to do was pastor. I read the trouble that Moses had with all of those knuckleheads he was leading. And I ran literally for two months. Could not get away from it every day of, every day of the week. God was dealing with me and I couldn't get away from it. Finally, I told no one. Didn't tell my wife, didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to be confused with some saying, yeah, 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 and others saying, no, no, no. I was waiting on God. Finally, confirmation came to me. We had a Bible study down at Bob Chandler's house. It was right before Christmas of 08. In fact, could I do this before I forget to? If you're in this place tonight and you uh, were at the first service that we had here 10 years ago, would you stand up? That's about right. Thank you. You may be seated. To the best of my recollection, there was 54 total. And God began to breathe. And things began to happen. So anyway, right before Christmas of 08 at Bob Chandler and Lou Chandler's home, after the end of the Bible study, I told the group, I said, I have an announcement to make. God has told me to build a building, and I'm going to build one. I hope that you're with me. But if you feel like God wants you to go somewhere else or do something else, you have my blessings. I distinctly remember saying the only thing that I can tell you is this is going to happen faster and easier than any of us can imagine. We own no land. We didn't have a checking account. Nothing. Not only did we have any money, we didn't have any checks. <laughs> Late December 08. July the 18th of 09. We move in this place paid for. We've never taken up an offering. We didn't do building funds. We didn't take pledges. Nothing wrong with any of that. But you've got to understand that when God was dealing with me, and finally I, when I gave up, I said, Okay, God, I'll do it, but we've got to have an understanding. I said, Shreveport Bozier doesn't need another church building. See, I'd always prayed, God, I want to be a part of something that's so real and so genuine that no man can take credit or glory for it. And I said, but we've got to have an understanding. Number one, I'm not going to be the kind of preacher that when people see me coming, they start going, oh, Lord, I wonder what he wants now. I'm not going to be a bum. Your word said if we need it, you'd supply it. And if you don't supply it, we must not need it. Another thing, Lord, is if you're not going to be in our midst changing people's lives, 
I'm not going to do this. He had spoken to me, and I don't use the term loosely that God said or God spoke, but he had spoken to me earlier when he was dealing with me about Bill, and he said it's going to be a place of healing. Not just physical healing, but emotional healings and spiritual healings and relational healings and financial healings. And I have seen testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of that that has come to pass. So, we move in this place. But to jump ahead a little bit, or jump back a little bit, he said, if you'll go after those that nobody wants, I'll send you those that everybody wants. Now, obviously, this is a, a, a quick overview. I don't have time. I'm not going to have time to tell every detail, but you'll get the picture. I was at a rope in Tunica, Mississippi. I led a man to the Lord over there that um, when God got a hold to him, God changed him. He lived in South Texas. He formed a 501c3 equine champions for Christ. They put on about four rodeo schools a year all the time. That's where Skeeter and Ray Perryman and I go down to do the ministry. And uh, been in our 11th year down there doing that. And uh, it's pretty amazing what God has done in those things. But anyway, after he got saved and found out we were building a building here, he put on a roping down there. And at the roping... Uh, he raised fourteen thousand four hundred dollars uh, at at the roping itself, and when they began to pay the cowboys their winnings, as they walked by, they just started dropping hundred dollar bills in a cowboy hat to go towards the building, and they we raised a total of seventeen thousand seven hundred dollars that day. Amen. Little did I know that within the next fifteen or twenty minutes, there would be a lady standing there crying that. We approached her and asked her if she was okay. Said, I've never been better in my life. Well, my thought is, why are you standing out here crying? And she says, I was in that church service you just did. And she says, God has spoken to me clearer than I've ever been spoken to. And you just need to take this and leave. Please don't say a word. Just take this and leave. It was a check folded up. So I took it and handed it to my wife. I got about 20 feet and you know how that is. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Dennis. I said, what? She says, this check's for $80,000. I thought, you're reading that wrong. Give me that check. About wrecked the truck. It was for $80,000, and it was good. He cleared the bank. We're coming home. I'm going to have to hurry. We're coming home. I get a phone call. There's a guy in East Texas over in Carthage. Wanted me to come by his office. I'd bet the man one time. I go over to his office. We walk in, he says, uh, since my son's been coming to your Bible studies, he's a different man. And he tells me, you're building a cowboy church over there, and, and I want to help. And he sticks a check out to me. Cowboys oftentimes stand around with their thumbs in their pocket, things you're not supposed to do, because they taught us that in the army, didn't they? <laughs> so I'm standing there with my thumbs in my pocket, and I went to reach for that check. My thumb won't come out of my pocket. I thought Glenda's done put super glue in these things. <laughs> but it, it kind of stunned me. Now these words came out of my mouth, but I didn't say it if you can relate to that. I said, sir, I'll take that check on one condition. He took a step back, big man, about 6'5", about 340, 350. And he literally says, 
What do you mean you'll take my check on one condition? What the hell would that be? If I told you he said something else, I'd be lying to you. And I know y'all don't want me to lie. And I just said, well, when I get it built, you'll come. He started crying and I led him to the Lord before I left his office. <clears throat> that check was for $50,000. I come home, I told Duke, I said, well, I don't know how big a building God wants us to build, but let's go see Roger Johnson, North Shreve Welding. I told Roger, I said, Roger, I know that clear span is where the expense comes in. But what's the most economical size building that I can build? I mean, I never saw, thought of nothing like this. I thought building, you know, just like a little garage. <laughs> and he said, well, how big a building are you talking about? Again, this come out of my mouth, but I didn't say it. I said, the Lord said 60 by 120. I looked at Duke, and Duke looked at me, and we ain't never put no tape measures on nothing. <laughs> And he says, you need to go home and pray. I said, man, I've been praying for two months and running for two months. I don't need to go home and pray no more. He said, no, you need to go home and pray. This was on a Tuesday. Little did I know he had a standing Tuesday night appointment with a man. That night he shared with this man our story. And he told him, he says, who wants to remain anonymous, so I'm going to honor that. He said, he told him the story. And he says, uh, Lord told him 60 by 120. He said, well, you call him and tell him congratulations. He has his building. That was this building. He had ordered this building. It was 60 by 120 to put over a tennis court in his backyard for his wife. Lives out in Stonebridge. It had 35-foot walls. and we, we cut 11 foot out of them down to 24 foot. And uh, he got afraid he was going to be sued, so he gave us the building. And then hold on. We're out here, we got the forms, and when we started pouring concrete, we started in that corner right there. We had a five foot by five foot by five foot footing for these columns. And when that concrete sloshed in that hole, of course, it was like an anthill out here, everybody taking pictures and finishers and trucks. And when that concrete hit, it, it, the gravity of what we were undertaking hit me. And I walked down to this end of the building where Duke's office is now and I was standing there and I had my second vision see we were going to use this road over here it was, it was already existing it was here and as I walk up there and I'm crying I saw cars and trucks and boat trailers and motorcycles coming from both directions like a football game turning in and coming across the cattle gap over here and uh, about that time, Mr. Jack Pilot, Duke's dad, drove up, stepped out, just grinning. He says, what's the matter, preacher? I said, it ain't big enough, Jack. <laughs> anyway, concrete poured, steel erection, goes up, the red iron, $44,000 worth of labor of hanging the red iron, putting the, the skin on it and the insulation and all that, $44,000 donated. Not the money, but the labor for it. All of the work to do it. Uh, we're on concrete. We have three walls and top on. This end was open. 
friends of mine from Oklahoma, Buddy and Kelly Norman, stopped in. They were on their way to the roping in Monroe, I believe it was. And so we're walking in here on the slab, and I, I walked in here. Used to the stage was down here, and I was standing there just praying, and they were praying, and. Man, when I, 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 my hands were raised and I was worshiping God because His presence came in so heavily. And as I opened my eyes, I could see surrounding balconies. We wasn't even planning on having no balconies, you know. And So, about that time, the Spirit of the Lord lifted. Buddy quit praying and he turned to me and he says, Man, let me tell you what I just heard. I said, Well, let me tell you what I just saw. <laughs> He said, oh, let me tell you what I heard first. He said, man, I heard people all up in the balconies around singing. And their hands were raised. And I had just seen that in my vision. I'm going to hurry. So we start. We got these three walls up and finally framed that up. These ephus on these walls, these 24-foot metal studs, all this is donated. Over $300,000 worth of materials and work were donated. I came in, Duke was sitting on the stage we had framed up up here. Cap laying beside him, rubbing that bald head, and that ain't never good. <laughs> I said, what's the matter, Duke? He said, cowboy, I messed up. We talked a little bit, and he says, it's on the plans. Obviously on the plan, I missed it, but it's because it's not where it normally is on the plan, but we've got to have a monitored fire alarm system. The wires got to be pulled in these walls, and we were supposed to start hanging closing the walls up that day well we got a problem we don't have no money so I sit down on a stack of sheetrock that was right there and we began to pray about that time doors open man and woman walked in hey how you doing uh, we was in our prayer time this morning and Hansville Shell has been very good to us and God told us to bring you this that you were going to need it today Handed us a check. It was for $15,000. Well, we called Guardian Alarm. Told Wes our problem. Wes sent two crews out here. We were delayed one day. They got all the wires and stuff pulled in. We closed the walls and stuff up the next day. But they didn't no sooner leave. The dust couldn't have settled on the road. There's another man walked through that door right there. Big guy. Never seen him before. Hadn't seen him since. He walked in, he just stopped about where Brother Thomas Bell's sitting and he just lifted his hands and tears began to flow and I was already crying so I cried with him and <laughs> got done and he laid his hands down and he looked at me and he said, uh, man, feel the presence of the Lord in this place. By the way, there were 13 people saved before we ever moved in here. Anyway, he says, what are you going to do on these floors? I said, well, I'm going to move in on that concrete. If I don't have a sound problem, we may stain it. And if we do have a sound problem, we may have to carpet it later. But we're going to move in on that concrete. He says, oh, you're going to have a sound problem. Big as this building is, that sound's going to be bouncing. He said, here's my card. Go uh, get your price on some carpet in here and go ahead and get enough for the upstairs. I wasn't even doing an upstairs. <laughs> So we had them carpet layers figure that that part that was over the offices because we felt like if we ever did an upstairs, that would be the obvious place over those offices. Called him, gave him a price. He sent us a check. HVAC, 
led a cowboy order to the Lord in Jackson, Mississippi that was in the air-conditioned business. He come over here and put our first set of heat and air in here until we went over the 500 mark and we had to put in sprinkler systems and all that kind of stuff and had to have more heat and air, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. But that was donated by the Lord. Uh, the plumbing, all the plumbing fixtures, labor was donated. Six burner stove in there in the kitchen. That ice machine in there in the kitchen. Let me tell you where that came from. There was a man that had a bad drinking problem. Literally drank himself to death. And when they shocked him and worked him and all that, when he, he told me later on, he said, the first thing that I remember remembering when I came back was me and you standing in the parking lot of my business and you sharing with me how God had delivered you from whiskey. And I cried out to God. And God delivered him and saved him right there, right then, all alone, him and Jesus. Anyway, he says... This is some of that old whiskey money. That that's what bought that stove and ice machine and stuff in there. Now, had 416 chairs. Another church got new chairs and they donated us 416 chairs. These in the balcony are some of them that's left. We have since been able to bless some other churches that have getting started we've blessed them with chairs and sound system and all of that that was originally donated to us way back when that we over fifty thousand dollars this one right here uh man that installed it for us sold it to us at his cost twenty two five the first night we turned it on and we had church there was a bit first time visitor here that came to us and said he was impressed by god to write a twenty five thousand dollar check to the church so he paid for the sound system uh, then we got time to, we filled up, so we decided to build this south balcony right here. We got it built. And I want you to understand something. Every time, can I go about 15 minutes longer tonight? About, every time we thought we made a mistake, it always turned out to be a blessing. And I'll give you an example. When we got ready to form these walls up, frame these walls up here, the plumbing, uh, this wall which Adrian and Duke's leaning against, the plumbing missed coming up in the two befores by just a little bit. So we had to form that wall up, frame that wall up with two by sixes. Now jump back to the balcony. When we get ready to do the balcony, guess what? The wood structure was there to handle the load and the weight. and So this balcony came about. It didn't take long. To, we needed to uh, more room so we wrap these around God miraculously paid for them $35,000 gift one night but while when we were getting ready to build these balconies these two we had already got our state fire marshal approved plans we picked up our permits from the town of Greenwood we were ready to go this was in February I told Duke, I said, Duke, man, I'm just feeling a real check. That we need to wait. So we waited till June, from February to June. Then the Lord gave us a release that we could get started on these balconies, and we did. And you'll see why in just a minute. Because 
I preached a funeral one day and I ate a late lunch at Southfield Grill over on Juella. So I'm eating about 2 o'clock. I go in, there's a gentleman there that after I ordered my food, the Lord says you need to go ask him for a bid. Well, I already had my three bids and they ranged from 56000 to 62000 I went down and told him what we were doing, asked him would he be interested in giving us a bid. Yeah, he came out, looked, gave him a set of plans. About a week later, I'm walking down these stairs right here, and he's walking up. I just sit down. I said, you got me a price? I said, yeah. I said, let me sit down. So I sit down. That was that summer we had, what, 26, 27 days, 100-degree days in a row. We waited from February to June. He said, well, he said, we've had a record heat summer this year. And God's been very good to me and says we've made a lot of money. And he said for me to tell you that this one is on him. So we put in 30 tons of air out here and ran this sock duck and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to hurry this along. We, that used to be a porch that went all the way down the side of that building. We knocked those walls out. We, we enclosed that outside wall. We made a dining hall there. Had somebody give us a $30,000 gift that paid for that. Wasn't long after that. We, uh, we had to quit because we would feed supper every Thursday before church. Well, it got to where there was no way. We didn't have a place to sit people. And so we're going to have a building at some point in time out there. We may start doing that again. But anyway, so we get to the point that now it's time to build an arena. God began to lay it on people's hearts and we had that rope and shoot up there donated and different ones would buy a roll of bull wire and Trucking was donated, went to Oklahoma. We found something that galvanized tubing up there real cheap. And it got real cheap because somebody gave us the money to pay for it. And, and uh, I'll just hurry this along a little bit. Youth room, behind this wall up here is a big youth room. It's the width of the building. It goes 24 foot deep. It was time to add a youth room. We announced what we were doing after church. I was standing right over here where John Woodson's sitting. It wasn't John that did it. I'm not trying to tell him that. But anyway, where he was sitting, I had a man give me, asked me if I knew what the air conditioning was going to cost. I said, yeah, 8500 He wrote his checkbook out, wrote us a check for 8500 to pay for the air conditioning. Had three more people give us $5,000 each for a total of 15000 that paid to, to do that room up there. Uh, one night we're in here, and at the end of the service, I said, look, winter's coming on. It was about this time of the year. I said, winter's coming on. We're going to need to be praying about getting some rock down because this was all grass over here and all the way out by the arena was grass and that front parking lot, that was grass. All we had parking was right here in the front and down this west side. That's all we had rock. I said, so y'all begin to pray with me about we're going to need some rock or these women going to be walking in mud this winter. Next morning, there was a visitor that had been here that night. <clears throat> Drives up, comes into the office and Says you got a minute to come show me what you're wanting to do as far as your parking. So I go out, he reached in, grabbed the wheel out of the back of his truck, and he's measuring off everything we walk. He calculates it and he says, You're gonna need nine hundred and thirty-three tons of rock. I'll pay for the rock. I said the expensive part is gonna be the uh trucking. You know anybody that can help us with trucking? So I called a friend of mine, Ronnie White, sitting up there tonight, and I told Ronnie what was going on. And I said, uh you know anybody can help us with that, Ronnie? He said, give me 30 minutes, I'll call you back. 
10 minutes, he called me back. And he said, I told my boss what was up. And he said, Ronnie, if you got a man going to buy him that much rock, he said, you take whatever you need. You get over there and you get that rock hauled. <laughs> that was about 10 o'clock that morning. And about noon, they started rolling in over here with motor graders and bulldozers and belly dump trailers. And I mean, uh, it went from being a prayer request on Thursday night till Monday at about noon. It was done and over with and paid for. That's how God... That's how God has so worked. Now, I want to, uh, at this time, just brag on you. It seems like every time that God is, that we've had a big need, God has sent it supernaturally from all over the United States, from people that have never even been here. But you have been very faithful with your tithing and your giving, which pays the insurance and the salaries and the, uh, maintenance and the utilities and that and I want to applaud you and thank you for your faithfulness and your giving because without you hey I'd be having to say okay God where you at <laughs> but thank you I want to thank the Lord for sending us anointed gifted musicians and singers and I'm so thankful for the ministry team that he has sent so jump ahead into more recent times as I'm driving down the road and uh, and God says, I want you to put on a rodeo and I, want it, but I don't want it to cost anybody anything to come. And I went, do you know how much it costs to put on a rodeo? I really did. I mean, it just showed, so shocked me that he said put on a rodeo. Well, long story short, <clears throat> he has supernaturally provided for that bucking chutes because see when we built the arena we built it for ropings and barrel racings and that stuff so we didn't have any bucking chutes we didn't we weren't able to handle rough stock well he donated bucking chutes i was at a roping school in hamilton texas we went up to hamilton pipe yard to look at some panels some bull panels man that was there at the school went with us and heard what we were doing duke and i were figuring and calculating and we called the credit card company and said, hey, we're fixing to put a big purchase on, on the credit card. It's really us. I mean, you know, don't, don't reject it. And long story short, the man says, hey, let me, let me pay for those bull panels. And $5,000 he paid for those bull panels. That's the panels right behind the bucking chutes where they're divided into the little pans. And then we had pipe donated for all these big pens out here. We've, we spent most of last year welding pens and building pens. All of that, you say, Why? I'll tell you why. We've had three rodeos. And in those three rodeos, we've had 297 people accept Christ that we know of. We do a Friday night and a Saturday night performance. So that's six performances. That's almost 50 per night average that come to know Jesus. That's why we put on a rodeo. It's because God said to do so. Uh... I'm going to wrap this up a little bit. Tell you a couple of big things. Had a man, you know, after we turned the stage around, volunteered to buy these overhead projectors and these big screens up here so people could see the words. And so thankful for the gifts and blessings of things like that. We send out mail outs of our CDs, of our services all across the United States. Every month, we send a packet to people all across the country. Well, I got a text message with pictures of a man that owns an 
oil change place for 18 wheelers up in Sayre, Oklahoma. And what he started doing is he got our permission and started reproducing those CDs. And he's got them stacked out there in that place of business for those truckers to take the CDs free and listen to them as they're trucking across the United States. Well, it so happened that there was a man in California that uh, one of the truckers gave him one of the CDs. He started doing the same thing. And we, we get letters from truck drivers all over Canada and the United States that are being blessed by the CDs from the services here. Over 60,000 Bibles have been given out. Over 30,000 of the word for the days that we sent into prisons and places that put the word of God in people's hands. And prisons, Big John Lewis over by your door cheek, we furnish all the Bibles for the prison over there. And it's just a really neat thing to, uh, to be a part of what God's doing through a little old place in Greenwood, Louisiana. We've had the privilege of sending missionaries to Russia, to Mexico to Africa, to Guatemala. We sent a team. James Michael was part of one of the teams. His son that really got turned on to God into this place. Went to, he was studying to be a doctor, playing football at TCU. Quit that to go to Bible school because he felt God calling him to preach because of what birthed in his heart in this place. So from Bible school he goes to the Mardi Gras in New Orleans and that team led over a thousand people at Mardi Gras to Jesus Christ. Now James Michael is a youth pastor at a church in Edmond, Oklahoma. Man that was saved out of this place. Heath Andrzejewski is pastoring a church in Cedar Bluff, Missouri. Another man pastoring a church in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Another man that's full-time evangelist out of Kansas. And I could go on and on. You have sown into their lives and they are out changing the world and spreading and growing the kingdom of God because of what you through this place have spoken into their lives and invested into their lives. And I want to say thank you for that. I want to thank you for your support. I'm going to not just share a lot of this stuff, but I wanted you to recognize that if you've never seen a miracle, open your eyes and look around. I'm not smart enough to have conned enough people out of that kind of money <laughs> as often as it did to do this. I'm going to share one more story and then I'm going to be quiet. The first year we did that rodeo, we just scraped up bleachers everywhere we could. Kettle Parish, school board, we hauled some in from Athens. And look, it was a cluster. I mean, we just, we were prayed up because we thought, oh God, somebody's going to get killed on these things. So before the rodeo the following year, the Lord says, I had researched those bleachers and for these aluminum ones that you build you can figure about a hundred dollars per derriere. So for two thousand bleachers you're talking two hundred thousand dollars. Now I mean I know my God got a lot of money but open range didn't. So I asked Duke, I said Duke can you build some bleachers? He said well I never have. 
But if you can get me some engineering plans, I can build them. So we were able to come up with some engineering and some safe structure and got out there in the hall of that barn and got a 16-foot hall with concrete floors and all, all winter long, Josh and Duke was out there burning them rods, welding those stringers together so that when the spring got here, we poured those footings and we started putting those bleachers up. There was a man that had done some work with, for FEMA. They were real slow at paying. Had this man in a bind. We'd been praying for him. Thursday night before our rodeo started on Friday, and we owned the line for all this steel and sea purlins and, and all that. Of course, it wasn't nowhere near $200,000, I can tell you that. We'd been praying for this brother. FEMA paid off. And he wrote a tithe check off of that for $45,000 that paid for those bleachers and the rodeo that 100 people were saved at. So what I'm trying to tell you, this is not a Dennis Aaron thing. This is a God thing. You're one of his kids. He loves you. He knows what you have need of. And it's all dependent upon the passage of scripture that I read a while ago. Deuteronomy 28. If you will hear what he has to say. And you will obey what he speaks. And you'll be faithful and diligent to do that. You can watch God. King James Version says, if you hear and do these words, these blessings will pursue you and overtake you. You can't outrun them. They're going to run you down, big boy. And God is going to force you to take his blessings. Hear and obey. It's that simple. Would you bow your head? You're hearing